Sagemont Church is a gathering of Christian believers in the southeast area of Houston, Texas. Today's message is from our senior pastor, Dr. John Morgan. We're in a series of messages and dealing with the pursuit of maturity. We're trying to look very carefully at the facts as they are revealed to us right now in this life as well as how they relate to the teaching of the Holy Scriptures. There is always relevance in God's Word. If you do not believe that the gospel is relevant to you, you don't understand the gospel. If you do not believe that God's teachings are relevant to you, you don't know God's teachings. Because they're so clear... They are so relevant that whatever you do today, you are going to have an opportunity to use the Word of God that you may receive here in this service, maybe in a Bible study class, maybe just in a personal one-to-one talk. But I want you to pay very, very close attention to the Scripture when it is read. In a moment, I'm going to have you Read with me from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. If you'll go there for a moment. For those of you that are our guests today, there's no way that we can really express appreciation to you like we want to for your coming. But there is one thing we can do and we do it every Sunday. And that is we send home with you if you'll take just a moment to come by and say hello. And it'll be a very brief moment when I have an opportunity to give a word and a look and a touch to you by shaking your hands, looking at you, and speaking to you a personal word. And at the same time, we want to place in your hand a beautiful family Bible, one that you will cherish and I hope will read for the rest of your life. And we just want you to come by and get it. We want to see you. We hope we'll see you again in heaven. And we sure would like to see you again back at Sagemont. That room is located out in the foyer to my left, right across from the library. Just go out into the big foyer, move to the left. The cross is in this direction. Move to the left and come into the room and you'll see people coming in and very quickly we will have a chance to speak to you. I want you to listen very, very carefully today. I want you to pay very close attention to a very clear teaching from God's Word. You'll hear me today reading Scripture and saying things like everyone, every person, every man, because everybody's involved. This is not for a select few. This is not for a wayward few. It is for all of us. But God tried to make clear what the world has greatly confused in the minds of people. In that many people choose not to study the Bible or read the Bible, but they choose to ask questions to people, and many of those ill-informed people that do not know the Word either, but they believe that they know what is truth because they some way have developed it in their minds, start telling you stuff. So you put the label Christian with what's coming out of their mouth and you miss almost 180 degrees 
what God's word has to say to you. You do not need someone to interpret it for you except the Holy Spirit. But you need to know how to recognize God's word from what man thinks. Anytime you start hearing people talk about my God and my opinion and my interpretation, be careful. But when you hear, thus saith the Lord, pay attention. The things we put up on the screen are not the comments of the pastor. They are the inspired and errant and infallible word of God. That's what you take home with you, the word. That word will not return void. That word will speak to you this week. It's the word. It's the word. There is the written word. That's the Bible, the scripture. And there's the living word. That's Jesus Christ. I want to show you today, I've entitled the message, The Final Results of Immaturity. This, script, this series is mainly designed for believers to understand the difference between maturity and immaturity. You have to be born again, start a new life as a babe in Christ, and then you mature in the faith. And oftentimes when we talk about judgment, we think about, well, that's for those people that reject God. That's for those people that are never born again. That's for those people that are different from me because I've been baptized and I said the prayer and I read the Bible and I go to church and so I don't have to worry about that. And a lot of people do not realize that the Bible very clearly teaches there will be two judgments. There will be one judgment for the unbelievers. There will be a second judgment for the believers. They are different. And you will be able to know today which one you're going to be at if you were to die today. As I preached to you this morning, I preached knowing that there were people here last Sunday that are in eternity today. I know that for a fact. They did not know when they sat here last Sunday that they were suddenly going to go to be with the Lord, but they have. You never know what another day is going to bring. And while you plan out your life, I want you to know God's already got it planned for you. You better find out what God's up to and get in on it. Get in on it as quick as you can. And then every day with Jesus becomes sweeter than the day before. So today we're going to carry you to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. And I will explain the text to you as we go along. But listen to the word. Would you stand if, if it's comfortable for you to stand? Uh, those of you in the back can look at the small monitors if you need to be seated there in the in your uh, special place, but listen to the word. Pay very, very close attention to what Jesus has to say. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, for we, that's believers, are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry, you're God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. Let me stop. Jesus, I have laid the foundation. He's the solid rock on which we stand. He is the one that brings new birth. He laid the foundation. But now listen. And another will build thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. 
Verse 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid in Jesus Christ. You don't build on the foundation of any other gods, only Jesus. Now listen to verse 12. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? That's a question for all of us to answer today. Now let me read to you from the fifth chapter, verse 9. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him. Now listen, for we believers, we, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it's good or evil, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences." I hope you know, he says, who you are and you're comfortable in knowing who you are in Jesus Christ. Let's look at this. Would you be seated? Thank you so much for standing. Oftentimes the Bible stops in our paths of disobedience, stops us in our paths of disobedience, and it stops us right in our tracks. And it reminds the disobedient child of God that in your immaturity of rebellion, uh, you are stacking up negative after negative after negative as to when all of us give an account of ourselves to God as to what's going to be in your account. We seemingly want to ignore that a life of immaturity is going to lead to some shocking things at the judgment seat of Christ. There are two judgments clearly taught in the Bible. I'll refer to the other one just briefly. The judgment seat of Christ is for the believers. The great white throne judgment in the book of Revelation is for the unbeliever. The judgment seat of Christ is where all believers will stand and give an account of themselves, of how they spent their time, their, their talents, and their substance after they said they gave their life to Jesus Christ. The great white throne judgment will be a judgment and a trial where those that stand there will be those that have rejected Jesus, those that have chosen to do their own thing. They will given, be given a fair opportunity to make their defense. And in both trials, both judgments, Jesus will be the judge, both ones. If you're a non-believer, the great white throne judgment. If you're a believer, the judgment seat of Christ. Now God says to the believer, grow up. I'm going to judge you one day. He says, 
listen to me. He says, obey me. Let me tell you a sign of immaturity. Let's get this real clear before we get started so you know what you need to listen to and what you need to ignore. You know what the difference in giving is for those that are immature? You're going to get a good chance this year at Christmas time like you do every year. Let me tell you about kids and gifts. Would you not say most children are immature? If you sure would hope so, wouldn't you? You'd think they'd be smarter when they're 50 than they are when they're five. But let me tell you about the difference. Real easy to detect. An immature person given a gift, attention immediately goes to the gift, and it will immediately lose, leave the giver. Where do you open Christmas presents on, on that family night? You see what your five and six and seven and eight-year-old does with your gift as compared to what they do with you. You wait to see what your teenager does with their iPhone and how much time they spend with it and how much time they spend with you after that moment. Just pay attention to it. Because when you're immature, you, you want to spend your time with the gift. When you are mature and you're a giver, I, I mean, when you're mature, you want to spend your time with the giver. You say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about if you say you're born again and spend all the time about my name is Jimmy and what you're going to give me. <laughs> and I'd be at church, quite frankly, today if you hadn't blessed me so much. But with all the money I got tied up with that boat and that place and that stuff that I do, I can't do that, but I sure do thank you for the gift. I thank you for my good health that lets me get out on a good sunshiny day and exercise and just enjoy your wonderful heavens. But don't ask me to commit to, to serve. You see, immaturity focuses on the gift. Maturity focuses on the giver. What is your Christmas going to be like? When you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, those, whether we labor or wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Let me tell you about God. When he gives you life and he gives you new life, he wants you to spend time with him. Amen. Yes. When he gives you a gift, he wants to show you, why do you give gifts to the young? Because you love them. That's the reason you give them to them. You do your best, but when they take the gift and tear it up or they're bored with it and they throw it away, after spending all that time with it, you think, well, I wish you might say thank you, give me a hug, give me a kiss, do something. No, I'm just going after the gift. Whenever we look at Scripture and it says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, it's time for us to listen very, very carefully. You see, it's not only in that 10th verse, but you can go over to Romans 14 and 10. Here's what it says. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now I want you to remember, my believing brothers and sisters, God's word says, be sure your sins will find you out. God's word says the wages of sin is death. The Bible says whatsoever you sow, you're going to reap. That's not just for the unchurched and unsaved. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. That's not for them, that's for us too. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. The Bible says, when you get old, you put away childish things. 
But when you feel like that because God has given you time and length of days and years to live, that you are to spend that time away from God instead of walking with God, there will come a judgment day. And the Lord is going to ask you, I gave you your time. I gave you your talents. I gave you your wealth. I gave you all of those things. And you used every one of them to spend very little time with me. You told everybody. In fact, you were so proud. You had a friend everywhere. Nobody can mention anything. I got a friend down there at City Hall. I got a friend in Washington. I got a friend that worked for that company. I got a good friend. And you name about 20 friends. You don't have five friends if you're real special, you know? (laughs) I don't care how much money you have, about five really good friends is about all anybody would have. Jesus had 12, one of them betrayed him. But see, in our immaturity, as believers, we think, oh, but I'm saved. Praise God, I'm not going to be at the great white throne judgment. I'm going to heaven. But you know what? The very people that claimed all this stuff and used all this stuff, when they get to the judgment seat of Christ and the stuff is being given out, and I'll close, and you say, well, what's the stuff? I'll get there in a second. You know what? It's going to make them miserable. Because they got to tell everybody on earth about all their stuff. Now they're in heaven, everybody else getting the stuff. And they're not getting any stuff. Now you're talking about taking a spark out of the life of heaven. It's all the people that love stuff, don't get any stuff in heaven. And that going to be something, you know? I thought I was going to live on Broadway. I'm, I'm living in Podunk Hollow. What is the deal? Well, you got the biggest house on the street. Yeah, but I thought I was going to be on that street. That's where I live. That's where I belong. That's my kind of a deal. Well, let's look more at the scripture here. In Revelation chapter 20, you can read about the other judgment. For time's sake, I just want you to pick up and read two verses in Revelation 20, verse 11 and 12. And I saw a great white throne in him that sat on it, from whose faith the earth from whose face the heavens and the earth fled away. There was found no place for them. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. You will read on there, and you will see that when the judgment was over, the verdict comes down guilty by the Savior who knew you. Depart from me, and the everlasting punishment is the way that scripture ends. However, listen to this. Those that stand at the great white throne judgment are the dead. I follow this very, very carefully. I don't want to confuse you, but I want to clarify something. The Bible talks about the dead and the living. Once a person is born again, they no longer are dead. They're alive. Their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The dead stand at the great white throne judgment. They are dead spiritually and they are dead physically. But those who are born again, name is in that book. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. It is in that book where the names are written are of the saved or the believers. They will not give an account at the great white throne. Their judgment is a judgment seat of Christ. Totally different. Their names 
are written in the book of life. I want to say it one more time. Every person that's been born again is living eternally. I give eternal life and you shall never perish. That is from the moment you're born again. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Now you're among the living. But at the judgment seat of Christ, the living will appear and the giver of life, the giver of salvation, the giver of gifts will listen to us as we tell him, and he has the records. This is how much time I gave you. This is how much time I gave others. This is what I did for you because I loved you, not to earn a merit badge spiritually. And this is what I did for the world. It's all about the relationship. It's all about the priorities. In that 12th verse, it says they were judged in the great white throne judgment out of those things which were written in those books. Jesus said in John eleven twenty six. now listen to this, whoever lives and believes in me shall never, what? Die. Never die. Never die. We're born in sin. All of us. And a lot of people, I'm going to say the overwhelming majority of people that claim to be Christians have absolutely no idea what it means to be born again. That thought has never, ever, ever entered their mind. They have always felt like what it means to be saved is to be better than 50% of the people that you know. And that God is going to grade on the curve one day. And as long as you, and you know, when you just occasionally do that, you just occasionally do that. And, and you really enjoy doing that because you see, whenever you're born again, you don't even enjoy sin anymore. Right. I mean, even when you sin, you don't, you can't stand it. You say, well, you just don't understand. You haven't tried the right kinds of sin, preacher. <laughs> Let me just tell you something. Let me tell you something. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season live long enough hang on and you'll pay the price for your immaturity see when you begin to mature you begin to look at things with wisdom not with emotions the older you get the more careful you are you don't take people at their word like you do when you're young you want to check it out more because you've lived long enough to know that a lot of people in high places do not tell the truth. You, you also learn that a lot of people that are spiritual leaders don't tell you the truth. God's word tells you the truth. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. Maybe this will help. <clears throat> if you or born again, you're going to die once. If you are not born again, you're going to die twice. You're going to die physically first and spiritually second at the great white throne judgment when he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Matthew seven twenty one. listen to this. 
Not everyone that says unto me, this is Jesus speaking, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say unto me that in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? In your name haven't we cast out devils? And in your name haven't we done many wonderful works? And then Jesus says, I, will I profess unto you? I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Did you hear those words from Jesus? You say, well, I just don't believe in that kind of God. Well, we're talking about Jesus. I don't know what kind of God you believe in, but I'm just telling you what Jesus said. If Jesus is your God, he doesn't have anybody speak for him. He's very clear in any subject you want to get on. You don't have to worry about what he thinks. He will tell you. And he says, my word won't return void. He also says, I don't change. Matthew 7, I never knew you. Listen, though. Oh, I love this scripture. These are the comforting words of Jesus. John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. Watch this. They follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man ever pluck them out of my hand. Ooh, that ought to make a Presbyterian shout. <laughs> I know him. Not that I don't know, you say, I don't, I don't know the doctrines of my church, or I do know the doctrines of my church, I, but he says, do you know me? Do you know me? I say, yes, I know you. Does he know you? My sheep hear my voice. They know me. How do I know them? Because they're following me. How do I know those that aren't? Because they're following every God of this world. They like to name their television programs, American Idols. Where did they come up with a name like that? Is that really American Idols or is that a wrong name? Well, you might count the people that watch it and count to how many is on church, and you might get an idea, but you see what he's saying here? Well, we just run around, and we just want to say, ooh, I'm just so happy, I'm just happy, happy, happy. You know, I just have a good, good time. And God is such a wonderful God, and I just know he loves me unconditionally, and I'm going to take advantage of it all I can. You were probably raised with parents that didn't discipline you, and you took advantage of it until it destroyed you. But if you were blessed with parents that said, you do that one more time, and I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. <laughs> you did, and they did, and you changed everlasting. <laughs> right? Right. So we look back at the scripture. Let me make it clear one more time, because it doesn't matter how many times I say this, some of you will go out confused. The great white throne judgment is, is concerned with eternal punishment. You will give, be given a fair trial. You will be able to testify for yourself before a righteous judge that knows all the facts before you give your opinion of them. That's the great white throne. The judgment seat of Christ is concerned with eternal rewards. The great white throne judgment with eternal punishment. Please keep those separate. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, 14, if any man's work shall, 
will abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved so as by fire. When you look at the scripture and you hear that, and you'll hear it again in just a moment, we're talking about the giving and receiving of rewards. But spiritual maturity is what this is all about. Now, back in this life, spiritual immaturity causes great problems. If you're mature in your thinking, you, you should be able to deal with physical issues, health and sickness. Sickness is, is, a, is a destroyer of many that have just rebelled against God. Not all, but it is a great devourer of our health. Our relationships. We have good relationships. We have divisions. We have wealth because God owns everything. The world lives in poverty. We have peace. The world lives in a panic. We have joy. The world lives in sorrow. This is a picture of a ruler coming back home. He lays out very clearly the scripture. And he says, having that we're all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And he says in Luke 12, 15, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not of the abundance of the things which he possesses. But in 1 Corinthians 3 again, may I call your attention to something very, very important. Listen, you remember these words? Jesus is the foundation. Now, if any man built upon the foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, I'm going to move to this hand, wood, hay, and stubble. The works will be tried by fire. Gold, silver, precious stones. Wood, hay, and stubble. Is there a difference? You put fire over here and it gets better. You put fire over here and it turns to ashes. This is God's works. What are God's works? Doing what God tells you to do with the power God gives you to do it and with the gifts God gives you to do it in the situation where God's put you to use it. It'll stand. Over here will burn up. You know, you can give all the turkeys you want to at Christmas. You can put all you want to in the, in the bucket. But if you don't know him, it profits little. You may try to catch up at the end of the year on your rebellion. Come to a Christmas program. Maybe even come to a Sunday morning worship service one time, which will last until Easter. That's immaturity, folks. This is not a warning from a preacher. This is just a, all I am is a delivery boy. I don't own the company. I didn't write the book. All I did is delivering the news. For some, it's good news. For others, it's bad news. Fire won't destroy the gold, silver, and precious stone, but it's going to destroy the wood, hay, and stubble. Some of the most immoral people in the world do. They call it philanthropy. They do those good deeds. They get recognized. They gave so many million to fight cancer. They did this to do that and so forth and so on. Don't you think for one minute they're not thinking, I'm sure God is saying, well done, well done, well done. No, no, not until he gets you. Then when he gets you, then he tells you what to do. 
There's a test of fire as to what sort it is. It's not how much, but what kind. It, ha it has to do with where, you remember what John said to Nicodemus in, in uh, John chapter 3? He said in the sixth verse, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Some things are done in the flesh. Other things are done in the spirit. In the spirit, Lord, what would you have me to do? In the flesh, you look at something that'll give you some fuzzy good feeling because you want to help somebody because you've got uh, so much extra, but you never say, Lord, what would you have me to do? And the flesh is spoken of throughout the Bible. In Romans chapter 8, verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Did you hear that? Romans 8, 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. 1 Corinthians 3, 10. But let every man take heed how he builds on the foundation of Jesus Christ. Is it wood, hay, and stubble? Or is it gold? silver and precious stones it's not about us folks it's about him it's not about what I like to do and want to do it's what does he require of me and it's the same true with you you say well preacher you're talking about the rewards but you hadn't told us what they are are you ready for my answer I don't know Oh, come on, preacher, you can beat that. We trust you. We respect you. That scares me sometimes. Because let me tell you what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard. Neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. That's all I know. I cannot give you any idea, but I tell you what, it's going to be better than anything you've ever seen. It is going to have more meaning than anything that's ever come into your life. And rust and moth will not take it away. It'll be forever and forever and forever. And the longer we serve him, the sweeter he grows. I'm sure I've got some engineers out there that are sitting there right now and said, Preacher, while you've been preaching, I've been figuring in any way that all the people that have lived can stand before God. Because I've figured if each one takes 10 minutes, and I think mine might take 30 or 40, but whatever, I've got it all figured out. Could I tell you another place in the Bible? It says, in the land that's fairer than day, time shall be no more. There is no such thing as measuring time, plenty of time. It's not eight-hour work days. It's not getting eight hours sleep. It's forever and forever and forever and forever. All I know is God is an awesome God. All I know is he paid a high price to get me and you. He sent his only son. Do you find any fault in him? Jesus, I don't think so. Isn't he wonderful? Loves me unconditionally. Goes with me wherever I go. And when I stumble and fall, he picks me up and he carries me. Wow. So Paul put it all together and he ended it like this. 
for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's for the mature. That's for those that could look beyond the mire of this world where it's all about the stuff. It's all about our things. It's all about our personality, our looks, our dress. Those things that people can see, that we can see. And God is saying, look, you remember where I started this series? What he said about us in the first verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 1? He said, you're the church of God. You're sanctified in Christ Jesus. You're called to be saints. Now there's great tribulation in this world where I have placed you because I know I've been there. They crucified me. But I rose on the third day. And blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you. Falsely for my name's sake rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. But Lord, I just want to know. I've got to weigh it, God, because you see, I, I don't like everything. everything. Everybody don't like the same things, you know, whatever. God says, just trust me. Just trust me. Just trust me. I was listening to a sermon this morning. I closed with illustration, changing it just a little bit from the preacher this morning because he spoke into my life. Whenever you start talking about the judgment as a preacher in this generation, you know that you can expect the calls and the emails and so forth. Not from the happy, happy, happy bunch. <laughs> they use the illustration about flying into the airport. Said he caught a, a plane at Southwest Airlines. Had to wait on the tarmac an hour and 45 minutes. Flew to Dallas, circled the field for about uh, 45 minutes because of weather. And uh, then the plane was allowed to go in. And he told that story... And as he was telling it, I began to think. I've been in that situation. If you fly, you've been in that too. But I remember a difference. When the hostess is speaking, you know, put up your seat, you know, shut your tray, put on your seat belt. That's one thing. But when the captain comes on the radio and he tells you, I've got a... Southwest Stewart is going just like this right now. When the captain cuts off their mic and turns on his mic, you better listen. That's time to hold on to everything in that airplane if the captain has to say it to you, right? Why? Because he's in charge of that airplane. Well, who you think is in charge of eternity? God is. He says, you better get ready. You better buckle your seatbelt. You better close up the things of this world. And you better prepare to land because it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Hebrews 9, 27. So now, what are you going to do? If you're headed for the great white throne judgment, if you'd say, I'd rather not go to that one, what must I do to be saved? Repent. Believe. Trust the Lord. Accept him into your life. He loves you. He forgives, listen, and he forgets. Oh, I like that forgetting part. He loves, he forgives, and he forgets. One day, you're going to die. You say, yeah, everybody's going to die. 
everybody's going to stand before the judgment too. The same scripture. You'll die, stand before the judgment. But if you die to sin, you will live forever. You will not be cast into the second death, as the revelation says, which is the judgment of the great white throne. Your call. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Could you take 30 seconds? No, let me say 60 seconds. Can you blot out this world for 60 seconds? Can you be different and mature, grow up for just a, a little while to where none of us here have anything to gain by your being saved, but you have everything to gain. None of us have done anything for your salvation. Jesus paid it all. But none of us know what tomorrow is going to hold. I'm going to ask you, have you ever, 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 ever in your life came to just a few moments when you acknowledged you were a sinner, confessed your sin not to a priest or to a pastor, but to God, and said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, and save me. I want to be born again. And I want to follow you. I want to start growing up. I don't want to stay a babe in Christ. I want to mature. But I got to get started. You want to get started today? While heads are bowed, if you'll pray this prayer with me and know that you know you're praying it from a sincere heart, I want you to slip up your hand for just a moment. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to move. With heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and God is looking. If you don't know that you're saved and you want to know that you know, I want you to just lift your hand and say, Pastor, I'm going to pray with you when you pray. I want you to slip it up. That's right, just slip it up. Just slip it up. I want to pray. In the balcony, in the terrace, God bless you. Just lift your hand and say, I want, to, I want God in my life. I want to pray to receive Christ. I don't want to trust the pastor. I don't want to trust the priest. I don't want to trust the rabbi. I don't want to trust my best friend, but I want to trust God. Just a moment, I'll give you a list of others to join with those that lifted their hand, and we're going to pray right where you are. God bless you. Let's pray. Dear God, I'm a sinner. You know that. I know it too. I just never have confessed it, really honestly. I have sinned. I've tried to play a game. I've tried to live better. It doesn't seem like it's working. I've tried to stop some things and it seems like I'm doing them again. But God, I believe you can change me. You change so many in the Bible to a new person, through a new birth. I want to be born again. Come into my heart. Forgive me my sin. Live in my life. You're welcome. And Father, I'm going to make you a promise. Whatever you do, whatever you, wherever you lead, I will go. And whatever you ask me to do, I will do. I want to be an obedient child. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We pray that today's message has brought you to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at Sagemont Church in the Worship Auditorium. For more information, check us out at www.sagemontchurch.org.